0: (laughs) i love it hey i have a quick announcement dave Uh uh-huh just um jay jay i told jay yesterday um and it's in the chat too we have a new youtube channel um inspirations beyond disabilities has their very own youtube channel and i believe next week we will be streaming from that
1: oh well see see you told me it existed you didn't tell me we were launching it today
0: what we're not launching it this is a secret soft (laughs) soft opening we need a
2: hundred we we love a soft opening
3: over a lifetime all of us change to an extraordinary degree from a physical perspective, we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin. I, I you Why go this far? Why try to learn this much? In the intervening period, every single cell in our body will have been replaced to many times over. You ever think about it? Think about you it. Laugh, you laugh, laugh, you think, think and you cry. That's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week. And we'll have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, you are wrong, you are.
2: And remember, there's no such thing as bad
4: luck. Only lost opportunities. Never, never absolutely never, never. never.
3: We carry the same name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person?
2: Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it? Why learn it? Stay angry. Stay
3: English A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are. Now can't change. Change. Process Process
4: all this injury. Injury. Let me introduce you to
1: yourself. Welcome to Inspirations Beyond Disabilities for what is today. It is August 6th, 2021, and we will come out on the following Monday. I'm Dave Moore. I suffer from cortical blindness, and we've been asked to describe ourselves uh, by our audience, and so I'm a... Uh, bald dad Bob version dad bod version of Ed Sheeran and uh, and joining me of course is the baritone blur himself Jay how's it going Jay?
4: What's going on what's going on y'all for uh, or a description of myself I look like the rock if you really 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 just let himself go. I really like this as a method of like introducing the show like I think we
1: might start doing it elsewhere as well. Uh, joining me also is ezrik the blind in ny with a bunch of underscores ezrik what's going on man hey
0: he's finally getting it he's finally getting it (laughs) i gotta send him some some snacks just for doing it
1: it's just because i didn't follow you before this podcast it's entirely wow i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be honest i I mean every time i saw this guy he's like hey i'm getting high pretty much like okay bye (laughs) <laughs> what?
0: That's terrible. not all I do. Terrible. I, just, terrible. just terrible. Just shade. You. Relax. Thank Thank it's it's all right. It's all right. I own it. I own and, it. Okay. And
1: every time I see like Q and A, which A, I'm like, all right, time to watch. And then joining us for her second appearance on this show, and I was a host. Somebody whose TikTok I can't scroll past because it just fascinates me. Kai, <laughs> Kai is fly. What's going on, Kai?
2: Hey, what's going on? Uh, description: I look like a mixture of Ugly Betty and the girl who says Amanda, please.
4: <laughs> wow, wow! This this podcast, we all really have
0: high self confidence. I can tell you that right now. I, I think wow. I think it'll actually. Oh, I have great self confidence. I, I love how I skip my description. We're just gonna leave that alone. We're gonna leave that alone.
1: <laughs> I, I handled it for you, Ezra. It's just the guys, you know actually what's with the shades what's going on with the shades shades are cool i'm digging it
0: um i couldn't find my glasses so yeah we're just gonna go with the shades today i don't know where the hell i set them down so you know yeah so
1: everybody i uh i had an experience at target this week uh, i was walking through the aisle no big deal nothing nothing uh wild nothing too crazy and uh my girlfriend goes oh my god watch out for that and i go oh And as as she's saying that, I have walked straight into these these metal pots uh, that are at the, like, they're metal pot holders. Like, they would hold, you know, like, pots that would sit outside. Um, And they're just, like, lining the edge of this aisle. But they're out of my peripheral vision because I can't see down at all. So I walked straight into these. And then I've now bruised my foot. And that that was my experience of the week.
2: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Accidental blind moments brought to you by Dave Moore. <laughs> I, and every every time there's a wet floor sign, I walk straight into it. We all know this, but these, oh, without... <laughs> these these were round circular metal things with holes in them. So you don't only like trip through you like trip through them. You don't only just trip into them. It's great. It was fantastic.
0: Listen.
4: <laughs> I kick those stupid uh wet floor signs every time. It doesn't matter where they strategically place them before I leave an aisle. It has been punt kicked 35 yards. I am going (laughs) out for football because I'm pretty sure that I can still kick something pretty far off. So yeah. Yeah. All the time. All the
0: time.
1: As somebody who, who does maintenance work for a living, right? I get to play sweat floor signs quite often. It's a, it's a thing I do frequently. Uh, and I always think, like, where could I place this where somebody won't walk into it, but it will also still be seen? And even without, you know, even though that I placed it, even though I purposely I put, it, I put, it, I put it out of the way intentionally, somehow, somehow, I still end up smacking into it the next day.
4: Because your body is drawn to kicking it. Yeah. And you're a blind person. Your body says something feels off. I have not hey. kicked something today.
2: As where a blind person, sign? shoulder checking, right? I can't be the only one who does that because that's what my oh body my says. God. It's shoulder says the check? right side of you does not exist. So every corner you walk oh. around, you got to shoulder. check. Yeah. Shit out oh, I do that in my house. And you got to do like the thing all where the you're time. like aggressive. Like you shoulder check it and then you go, what? Bitch? Yes. Like, just you got to look back at it like it just commit. did something to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, ha- yes. I have a question
0: for Kai. Are you monocular? You, like one eye?
2: Uh, kind of. Like, this one is shit, but it still somewhat works a little bit, but not good enough to not shoulder-check things. Okay, so
0: yeah. I have only one eye, and I do that to the max. I legitimately <laughs> will body anything on my right side, and people look at me like, why did you just walk into that that doorframe like that?
2: I was like, bro, honestly... Because that doorframe was being a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> what I mean? saw my glasses, by the way, yay. <laughs> you know, good I'm singer.
0: gonna leave i'm gonna leave
1: that alone <laughs> and you're just, you're just going to i just gonna leave it jay I, I agree just let them have their moment
2: <laughs> okay uh, kai, let me butt out
1: <laughs> all right and and only only because kai was on this episode on the show only once um and and a lot of us have been here the last few episodes and have explained our blindness in uh in amounts. If you're not uh, familiar with this podcast, we talk about what it means to be blind or as well as disabled in any way, and what it means to be like in real life with those things. Shall you want to, or Kai? I'm sorry. Wow. Kai, yeah, that's, that's going to take uh, some getting used to, right? It? It, it, it's it's so close. It is it is so close that I'm sure I will do it forever. And I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Kai. Would you like to explain explain your vision? And I know this is like the worst thing, but we all get asked this constantly, and I keep thinking of trying to explain it better but can you explain it to our audience just a little bit
2: sure wow that gave me ptsd let's all sit around this circle and explain our eye conditions god that was the worst day okay so i have (laughs) so i have optic nerve hypoplasia please don't ask me a bunch of questions about it because i do not know i have not looked it up but essentially what i do know about it in my case is that uh my left eye works relatively well uh my right eye is absolute shit. And I have perfect pitch, so that kind of makes up for it. Uh I'm a gangster, I'm a pimp. Hey,
4: hey, you know what's crazy? I th- I think almost everybody I've talked to at one point or another, especially when they found out their condition, just went, and I don't want to know any more about it besides the name of it. So I could just tell people what it is, and I can tell people what I see, and that's it.
3: Yeah, like, i not mean many I like people really want to
4: research into like exactly what all goes into it because I think a lot of times, and this can kind of transition into something else, but mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times, the more you find out about it, or at least what they say, like the end result's going to be, the more like depressing it kind of is. Sometimes and you just want to go, you know what? I don't need to know. I right. have it. Thank
0: you. That's all I need to That's know. Where I'm Thank at. You. I Appreciate yeah. it. It is so funny you say that. So like my last doctor's appointment, they—I've uh, I've been having like weird tenseness in my bad eye. Mm-hmm. So I asked the eye doctor, like, what is that? He, you know, takes a peek in my eye. He goes. It's really nothing. It's just like a buildup of calcium. It's called uh, band keratopathy. Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay. So like, what do I do about it? Oh, you just deal with it. I'm like, oh, okay. Just deal. <laughs> don't, don't you You're like fine. don't
1: don't you like the the uh, just deal with it?
0: No, he gave me drops, but he was like, it's really nothing. You can't do anything about it. Just you know, take the drops. It should help. You know. If it does come back, lubrication drops, and you'll be fine like, i mean this
1: is this is maybe part of everyone who's sitting on this panel's condition is there is nothing that can be done can do i had a yes. I had a seizure when I was very, very little. that killed a section of my brain, therefore causing me to have thankfully a, a very minor lack of very tiny insignificant amount of loss of motor function and a and blindness in my left eye and particularly right Mm. and so um as much as that is there is nothing that can be done so the reality is we can sit here and talk all day and ask me questions like dave what can you see dave what's the you know like but it doesn't change it it doesn't fix it and no matter what at the end of the day there's nothing that can be done to change it could I get so you me- to say
2: that one more time? But like base boost the shit out of it. So next time someone asks me if I've tried stronger glasses or if I've tried contacts or if I've looked into certain, I just want to play a base boosted, heavily distorted clip of you saying, "Everyone on this panel, nothing can be done." Right. Please stop. But ask. I think
4: so. Then, then the question is: Do you ever feel like? Um, do you ever feel like? it's almost pointless to go to an optimal, like to go to the doctor. Like I know it's important to go um, because sometimes advances happen, but those advances sometimes seem so few and far between that. It feels like your doctor appointment is okay. Now let me just put some drops in your eyes. Okay. Now you can't, you can see even worse than you could before. And there's still nothing we can do about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just,
1: I distinctly the last time I, Uh, The last time I went to the eye doctor, the, my actual neuro ophthalmologist, she's a specialist for brain eye conditions. The last time I went, she specifically asked me, why are you here?
0: And I remember, and I remember,
1: and I remember saying, I don't know, like, because I'm supposed to be here. And, and the truth was, uh, I'm going to not be on my mom's insurance anymore. And this may be the last time I ever get to see you ever. Mm. Right. Which, which is really what I got to tell her but like I there is I'm like I'm not here for any particular reason I'm here to make sure that everything is still stable the way we know it is um I, I and think that's, that's it
4: the, I think that's one of the worst questions a doctor can ask you like you're you're coming in for like okay well is there anything else you guys have found out in the last year is there anything else you guys can do is there any advancements in technology that may be beneficial I hate that so why are you here because I mean I, if I
1: The last time I went, I, I had to get some tests run for the wonderful social security administration, which we will not, we will not get into and talk about, but I literally didn't even see my doctor because even though I had an appointment to see her, I had a thing as like, Dave, I need you to come in early for these tests. I'm like, that's fine. I'll come in. I'll get the test done. And they're like, and then we'll see you like a week later. And then they're like, do you want to come back in a week like i'm like no like we got the tests we got the results nothing there's no point in me talking to you yeah right like because because all you're gonna do is be like so why are you here yeah like yeah. let's dilate your eyes so you cannot see for four days like yeah yeah forget it that's cool um but we ran the test we're good we got the results i wanted right but that's that was the only purpose in it yeah I, I, yeah we're in that's...
0: this go ahead jay
1: no go ahead, go ahead. We're in this perpetual cycle of can it be fixed can anything be done i've been given stronger glasses they made me sick i tried them for months don't tell me don't write in the comments don't say anything like did you really try it like yes yes i tried it it made me sick did it help me see any better maybe insignificantly better maybe like a little bit right um I don't know what this does to people, and this is where we're probably going with this. And yeah. I'm hoping that I'm I'm hoping that everybody on this panel is willing to be vulnerable and emotional on this on this podcast. Be set, Kai. You're here for silliness. That's not to, <laughs> not to stress. You out.
2: hell uh, yeah, it doesn't mean <laughs> it's silliness. I love it. Um,
1: but uh, Jay put in our our wonderful group chat maybe a week ago uh, a video of somebody talking about how there are studies going on now talking about mental illness within disabled communities especially the visually impaired and it's it's in such early stages uh these these studies and things that there's not tons of research or numbers to back a lot of it up like we could we could sit here all day and say you know this study was done but it's there's there's not a ton going and it's still moving forward but they're seeing overall what's being noticed is that within the visually impaired and blind community there is a significant increase in depression
4: and like anxiety overall yeah and if you think about it like the reason why i i started leaning toward that way is remember when we were talking about sensory overload and all of the things that you experience with sensory overload right we talked about that example of being in a restaurant where it's dark it's it's crowded it's extremely noisy it's compact to like chair to chair and you can't move and the things that you're experiencing like you're anxious to move or get up because the second you get up you might slam into somebody else's chair or slam into a waiter or a waitress that's carrying a tray of like glasses or a tray of food or whatever Mm -hmm. and then all of these other like things that you can experience in like loud and crowded noisy areas like that sensory overload two of the main symptoms of sensory overload were anxiety and depression and it's kind of like when you think about the fact that individuals who are via in the vip community experience anxiety and depression can you put two and two together like is one caused by the other like is is the sensory overload or is it other things like yesterday was it yesterday i can't remember because my days all run together now but yesterday i put in uh on my TikTok the story about uh me almost dying because i i accidentally got into somebody or was trying to get into somebody else's car thinking it was my ride right and having a gun pulled on you like a lot of the experiences that you can have just being a vip right those things are traumatizing right it can cause because for a long time for me with that experience i experienced what was what's called intrusive thoughts so like it's basically that that thought of like the person screaming as I was trying to get into the car. The thought of the person having the gun on me and hearing my friend laugh in the distance while I was going through this moment. Like the thought of remember when I told you guys about uh, when I when I was trying to get home that one night and I walked onto the highway. The thought of cars just zipping by you mm-hmm. as you're walking onto an on-ramp. Like those things are traumatizing, right? We experience a lot of trauma uh, just from our day-to-day experience. Heck, for those of us that are are dealing with sight loss, continued sight loss. Every time you wake up and your sight has changed, that's a new level of trauma because now you have to say you had plans on doing something uh, with the level of vision that you had and now you can no longer do that, right? You have to now what they call mourn what you used to be able to do, right? Those are things that we in the VIP community experience a lot, but we don't really either talk about or really seek help about because again it, it's it's there's a lot to it like i remember Esrick, you were talking about um about being able to even get healthcare to be able to even seek help definitely
0: um one thing i wanted to like piggyback on was you were you were talking about how sensory overload is like you know a big factor into it one thing is i feel like sensory overload when you're in that moment of it you're ha- You're facing anxiety, right? you're You're right. just anxious and you want to get out of it, right? Yeah. When people you know, you have to like refrain from doing stuff because you know what you're about to face causes that sensory overload, like, okay, these friends want to go out with you to this brand new trendy restaurant that's super crowded and super you know, super you know, super loud. And it's just not the environment that you're a fan of, Right cause right. you know You know what it'll do, do to you So these people were just oh, oh you, I guess you won't come alright fine You know like Making you feel uh, Less than because You can't come and now you have This moment of damn like Fuck I'm the stick in the mud no, And yeah, I think and somebody he- was talking about this uh, In the podcast that you guys Did without me <laughs> i'm not throwing shade i'm not throwing shade i'm (laughs) glad you guys continued.
1: you get put in a position where either way either you're the the guy who was not fun and didn't want to go so now you're sad and depressed because now your friends think you're a loser and you've been left out or you get put in a position where you've now gone and felt uncomfortable for extended periods of time and so basically the result is at the end of that night, no matter which one you picked, you're not in a very good mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and there's not much you can do about it, right? Uh, a lot of people constantly to me, and because I'm not a very happy person all the time, uh, constantly tell me that I need uh, to uh, be more positive, put more positive energy into the world, and yet, like every five seconds something has to be shitty <laughs> like yeah. and i don't know when i was younger and i had a more optimistic view of the world uh i think i didn't feel this way but i think a constant struggle battle of one being uh almost 30 and not having health insurance because that's really where we're at right now having to deal with adulthood is something that I think a lot of people struggle with disabled or not. And then you add the weighted pressure of all these things and you wonder why a large group of, of people who are suffering in lots of ways are more depressed. Uh, it, it, it doesn't seem like this should have been a, a wild, shocking revelation in 2021.
2: It I also fucking <laughs> swear to God, I swear to God. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> go ahead, Kai. No, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I was I was like, I'm a wait. I'm a, I'm a but then I was like, anyway, I did want to piggyback off of that and kind of ask the able-bodied community why we as disabled people are expected to be the overly positive, motivational speaker inspiration porn kind of thing and why people are just now realizing that sometimes we fucking said
4: because I can answer that for you. I can answer that question right now. Um, Whenever you watch television and again, this is always my frame of reference because when you look at the world and you look at how the world learns things or what their understanding of things are, it's always because of what's portrayed in media and in media, we are the put the best face on it type of people. At least that's how we're portrayed. Everything is sun, uh, sunglasses and roses and flowers. And we are here to stand and inspire, despite the fact that we could be going through the worst possible moments of our lives. Forget about the fact that we're disabled. We're also a lot of us. And this is where Jason always talks about intersectionality a lot of us are part of other categories that can't put the best face on things, right? So a lot of us are in in impoverished conditions. A lot of us are part of other communities, whether it's ethnically, sexually, religiously, whatever, that are also oppressed in this nation. And a lot of us experience all of those things on top of being disabled. So some days you just don't have the put on a happy face demeanor that you can just go well everything would be all right many days you probably don't have that because if you're not dealing with the problems of disability that day maybe you're dealing with the problems of being a minority that day maybe mm-hmm. you're dealing with the problems of sexual identity that day maybe mm-hmm. you're dealing with the problems of just being a human being having to work a job that doesn't pay enough to actually provide a, a livable lifestyle that take it day, to the chorus So you have sometimes you're dealing with all of it in the same day, like some days you wake up and it's just like a committee of from 10 to 12, you're going to be dealing with the fact that you keep walking into things from 1230 to about two o'clock, you're going to deal with the fact that everyone keeps calling you the N word everywhere you go from about 230 to about 5pm, you're going to realize you don't have enough to eat and get home. Otherwise, you're going to be broke, begging on the street. And from about 530 to about eight o'clock, you're going to be constantly reminded that this country hates you. So that's going to be your day today. Have fun. Right. And many people don't get that all of that can kind of run one after the other or even at the same time.
1: Not so much of uh, have fun. Have a good day. It's make sure you stay positive. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll tell you the other reason. And this is not too i hesitate to even bring this subject matter up yet at the same time as i feel as it needs to be said the reason that this community has been put in a position where we're meant to be positive and and be motivational speakers is because of the media and motivational speakers mm-hmm. i hate saying this right but let's talk about the the three times in my entire public school education system that disability was acknowledged as a thing and taught. Oh God. Uh, There were, um, there were (laughs) motivational speakers who came in, who had overcome every challenge that has ever been passed at them. Right. And the reality is I'm sure that those people's lives were challenging in lots of ways. Right. I'm sure that that guy who had no arms and legs but could somehow like hop around on his wheelchair and like get up on the t- it was it was his coolest guy ever and he came in like multiple times and gave speeches about how he's overcome lots of things and he's a great guy right i'm sure his challenges have happened but his his portrayal and his story is that you can overcome anything that everybody is capable of dealing with it everybody should be positive and the reality is that guy is giving that speech, and he's making a very good point. But if he's the example we set for the disabled community, the reality is he's their example, and he's got it figured out. And the reality is I think most people, and I think this is becoming more and more apparent as we all swipe through our For You pages on TikTok, is that uh, no matter how old you are, uh, no matter what demographic you are, no matter whether you're disabled or not, more people don't have their shit together than you've ever realized in your entire life. You will never figure it out. Most of the people you think when you were growing up, that had it figured out. Do not. They never had it figured out. They're just really good at faking it.
2: I was just saying that on some other thing. That's I love that. I love that you said that too.
4: I think people need to realize that everybody's entitled to a bad day. A bad week, a bad month. some a of bad, us have had bad years I right? think
1: I think when you when you're standing in front of me and pretending that the global pandemic that we've experienced is not really happening and it's not real yet, I have a friend <clears> who died. i have I have friends and close family members who still can't smell or taste things. I have you know, we've actually experienced it, and I'm so gla- grateful that you haven't. But you need to shut up about your opinion but and so that, like and, and like so dealing with that on a consistent basis on top of struggling to get on the bus in in the morning and uh, the the list of things and somebody says be positive dave i just it, it, that statement makes it 10 times worse
4: no it it really does and if you ask somebody a question um, to follow that statement up, it makes them have to think about it. How do I be positive? How? Yeah. When all this is going on, because people have been, I, I remember, again, we talked about different generations, right? So like my, my mom's generation was always told to put you know, put a smile on your face and the world becomes blah, 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 blah. Some, something Mary Poppins-ish. Mm-hmm. That's so all a lot. I, a smile I on your
2: face thing. and a song in your heart.
4: Yeah. Something, (laughs) something stupid like that. Right. So, and that, that was their way of basically saying, because remember their generation, a lot of what we have now is passed on by those generations. So by uh, the boomers, Gen X and so forth and so on. Right. Basically what they were told was swallow what's really going on with you. Right. Ignore really what's going on with you. We've all got it. We all don't want to, nobody wants to talk about it. So smile, swallow it, and shut mm-hmm. up. That's basically mm-hmm. what it meant, right? So our generation comes along and goes, I can't do that because I've seen what happens when you do that, right? Mm-hmm.
2: And that's Numbers why they su- hate us.
4: Suicide rates increase, right? Um, you, you end up with a lot more physical health problems as a result, right? You end up with a lot of other things that go on. And it's because all of their life, they were taught to smile, swallow it, and shut up, right? So our generation goes, I'm not trying to do that. And because realistically, we're the first generation that actually goes, hey, does somebody else besides me notice that elephant in the room? It's uncomfortable for a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty much why everyone's answer is be positive. It's still trying to pass on that smile, swallow it, and shut up mentality the problem is is we go but there's an elephant in the room and if we don't deal with it it will destroy the house and that's not something that many people are comfortable with
1: i i do think though there is something to be said about stay positive be have a good attitude right like i don't i don't want to discourage that entire mentality like i believe that there are people who that actually does benefit, right? And I think, if for all our sakes, I think that attitude would probably be more positive. But when we are experiencing in like consistent levels of frustration and irritation for all sorts of things, whether it's... I don't, and here's, and here's where I'm going to go with this. And I think it's, I don't know how every morning I'm supposed to get up, go wait outside in a, for a bus, regardless of the weather, whether it's 90 degrees out or it's, you know, snowing, like the world has become Alaska, right? Like, Mm. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna be standing out there in two feet snow or the rain or it doesn't matter. And I'm gonna do this every day for the rest of my life. And that thought process is is ingrained in there and it, it there's nothing it can do to be changed about it. And I'm supposed to do that every single day. I think after doing it for about twenty years, I don't I don't think I have to be a happy person. <laughs> what? Like, you know right, what I mean? What like they expect
2: you to be on the bus stop, just singing a song, be bopping along every single day. It's like, boy, you, you do this. Let's switch. I'll get in your car with the, with the warm or the air conditioning or whatever you've got going on. And I'll turn on my favorite songs and I'll sing and no one's going to notice because I'm in the car and you can wait your ass out here on this bus stop and then be told that the bus route decided they didn't want to come here today. So now you got to call your boss because you're late for work and it's,
4: oh, it's detours yeah
1: it, it's not that that's the worst thing in the world and you're right the positive thing to do is to put my headphones in listen to a great song do everything i can do in my power to make that experience better but the reality is that experience sucks yeah and sucks. And, and and here's and here's the problem and this is the reason i think it weighs on this community in particular and this is, and this you know this is a super mild example of what it is the bus ride is is minor in the, the grand scheme of things but it's it it illustrates my point properly which is
0: no matter what i do that will always be my reality right
1: i could ask somebody for a ride and feel really guilty about that and feel like i'm taking advantage of that person and and that would create a whole nother list of emotional problems Right. Or I could <clears throat> suffer through this every single day. But though, and, and that's, and so, you know, doing that for long periods of time, you start to wake up in the morning and go, what am I even doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I even doing this? And those are the spiraling thoughts that lead to depression, suicide, anxiety, and the much worse outcomes and scenarios of those thoughts, right? But, it, and it seems so minor. You know, it's like, oh, so what? You had to ride the bus. No, no, no. But I have to ride the bus. I can never save up money and get a car. I can never, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. I will always yeah, do I, this.
2: Right. I, I will always be on everybody else's fucking time. Right. Sorry, Koji.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the things that I'll add to that is what I I think is is missing for a lot of individuals is that the bus riding experience is very different for you and I as opposed to everyone else. Right. So, for example, here in Philadelphia, there are bus there are bus routes, which for the life of me, I don't understand. We have two sets of buses here. Right. It's one company, but two styles of buses. There's the regular size bus and then there's the accordion bus. And the accordion bus is supposed to be for long routes, like the, the routes that span the entire city. But you get buses that are super short that are supposed to only be for short routes that are on some of the longest routes in Philadelphia. Like the 16 bus, for example, is one of the longest routes because it goes up and down Broad Street. But they use the shorter buses. Getting on that thing is like literally uh, if you are still concerned about standing next to people you will never get on the 16 a day in your life because there is no comfort like you are literally like hugged up against somebody the entire route right so for a sighted person to be able to get on the bus you can kind of see and navigate your way possibly oh, around that. some people to no, be right. able to like avoid bumping into somebody but for i get on me, that bus
1: i trip over somebody's feet almost every, every day.
4: time and, and, every and
1: here time. and here and here's and here's the rub right this is where the where the bus hits the road so to speak is is some days i go oh my gosh i'm so sorry and that person goes oh it's cool whatever sometimes they just give you death glare sometimes yeah. they're a psychotic nut job <laughs> yeah. and they go what the fuck are you doing oh yeah, and, no no no, no. Yeah. or and you, um, and you and you have no control over that and yet
0: hold on. Every, every time you get on that bus ezra what, what were you about to say i'll do you one better i had a guy on the subway it wasn't crowded or anything i was just walking over from one side of the the subway car to the other to get off the train because i was getting off the next stop accidentally step on this guy's uh sneakers before i can even utter the word sorry this man slaps the back of my calf so hard like the wrath of God in his hand and I'm just like bro like I really wanted his pass but I was just like you know what it's not worth it it's not worth it
2: nah fuck that guy I hope he can't sleep at night I hope he can't oh, screaming every single night look I can't see I'm gonna get crazy that,
4: that's the that's the thing right so now let me add it let me add a whole new dimension of anxiety onto all of this. All right. Now imagine you're on the bus with two small children and you're responsible for their well being Yep, and you're dealing with nut jobs, and you're dealing with the whack, the wackos, the the wackos of the world, the people who, who take their, who I call microwave gangsters. Right? They they've watched three videos, they've got two guns, and now they are the certified gangster. Um, you're dealing with those of the world, right? And now it's your job to navigate safely you and two small children around these psychos and whack jobs, and you're not, you're not sure whether or not who's got what kind of intention, right? That can bring on anxiety beyond belief because it's not just you anymore. Now you're responsible for other lives, which by the way, I don't know what said I was able to be a responsible adult, but you know, here we are. So being responsible for other lives, right? That, that, that can be anxiety inducing like to the max. Like that's why personally I, I, I can't, I, as much as I would love to, I can't take my kids anywhere by myself. Like just because of things like that, I can't take my kids anywhere by themselves because that becomes a nightmare unto itself.
1: Until they're older. Let's, 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 Jay, let's be positive and remember to stay positive. <laughs> let's be Is there, positive. There's, there's... It
2: doesn't matter that they're also women, which has a whole nother element of danger. Yeah. But, but no, let's be positive
4: yeah and that, <laughs> and that's the that's this again the smile swallow it and shut up type with mm-hmm. it right this, you know what and i mean like that's i remember having <sighs> this
1: debate with my mother i remember you know in high school being a dumbass in a dumbass relationship that i should never have been in and wasted too much time in but that's a whole nother scenario right um but I, in this in this time in my stupided life, I decided I had to go to college because I needed to go to college. That's what you do. So I went to the community college. Now, to go to the community college, you have to take three buses to get through downtown and go through the ghetto. And you literally walk past a high-security women's prison every single day uh, where I got catcalled by women. That's a real story. That really happened. Um, <laughs> but that... Don't brag that that all be yeah, yeah that's definitely a brag i'm so glad that the women who were locked up <laughs> they're screaming out of the windows hey, to, hey
0: listen it, it's some confidence boost come on don't lie
1: all right no but see oh. but see see, that's <laughs> i'm that's
0: lying the, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding this is I'm the, kidding. this is the stay
1: positive attitude and this is the way you should look at it which is exactly like that it's funny it's fun it should be a confidence booster even though it's really not right that's how you should look at it right And the reality is it's kind of scary Mm-hmm. right it's kind of a scary reality and i remember my mom saying you know like don't you want to go to a different school and you're like okay but i didn't get in anywhere else you know and she's like well go, you know get your grades up and go some go, go to the other campus do these." i'm like see here's the thing mom the classes i want to take are only at this campus so the reality is to take the classes i want to take at the degree i want to do all those things this is my option this is the road I'm on. And you're telling me that every single day I'm going to be in danger downtown. That's great. On the campus, it's perfectly safe. Uh, yep. in, in, in the direct train stations, it's usually pretty safe. There's enough security and whatever. But that in-between track between that main train station and the college is really rough. Yep. And, I'm, and I'm not going to deny that. But the reality is I had to fight through that battle no matter what. It didn't matter, but you can tell me it's unsafe all day. It doesn't matter, but I did it and I got through it. And that's fine. But that, that constant voice of not only is it not really safe, it's not. Let's not lie. It's also being told over and over and over to me that I'm not safe doing it because of my disability. Like, I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do in that scenario. I'd love to know. Um, I think, I think as the realities of adulthood, like as I became aware of reality, hit puberty, became an adult, right? Those kinds of things. Like I went from being a pretty positive kid who was all about having fun and always smiling and literally couldn't stop smiling to, gotta hate the world and all of this sucks. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. And,
1: and, and, and so. Mm-hmm. I, and, and and to be fair, I've gotten my anxiety and depression oh. under a little bit of control, right? I've balanced it without therapy because it's not insured and uh, without any medication because it's not insured and without any doctors because they're not insuring me for anything. And
2: that's
4: that's that's the other scary thing, right? So. If you look at if you look at the stats of how many of us actually experience like depression and because they talked about we experience depression, anxiety, social phobias and angoraphobia, which for those that don't know, is a fear of going outdoors. And if you don't understand where the fear of outdoors comes from, those last few stories that we've been telling should give you a good glimpse on many reasons why going outside for a lot of us is kind of like, no, thanks. But like to experience all of that. And not be able to get the proper health care you need to even be able to address those issues, right? Like, what, are, what options are we really left with if you can't actually go to get mental health help? What options are you actually left with? Like, we talk about all the time, like, some things for, for that we need physically aren't covered by insurance, right? Like, or cams and, and, and certain pieces of technology because uh, certain institutions won't cover that stuff. But think about the mental stuff that's not covered. Think about the stuff that's just like, you know, their, their only advice is to smile and swallow it because otherwise insurance won't cover it. And you're screwed anyway. Like, I mean, what options are we left with there? I hate to be
1: positive. Keep a smile on your face advice, but it's literally the best advice we got because it's almost the only option we have. And like, that's really shitty. Dave, Could thanks. Can I interject
2: with that? You can. I do have some things about that. Okay. So this kind of ties into it. There was a divide for a little bit, um, in the blind talk community about people who were born blind and did I say blind? I can talk people they... who were born <laughs> blind and people who are steadily losing their vision. And I guess there was like a, who has it worse battle or something like that, which I was not necessarily privy to. And I certainly wasn't a part of, but if I don't know if that's still going on, but I did want to say that as somebody who was born with low vision, I can't imagine what it's like to wake up every day and have less sight, or even in someone else's case, wake up with no sight or poor sight, and then even if it doesn't steadily decline, you still lived a perfectly sighted life before. And now you have to like relearn how to navigate the world so even though i don't know what it's like to be you i can understand and i'm never gonna look in someone's face and say okay but i had it worse because i was blind longer like i just feel like yeah what
1: kind of fucking argument is that
2: right it was a stupid and with one that there are cultures i'm not sure which ones because i'm poorly educated but there are cultures where like if someone dies or something happens you take at least seven days or at least a month to mourn like they make you mourn like you can't distract yourself you can't go out and do shit like you need you need to sit in it and feel it and I do think that there is some good to that because a lot of us don't deal with our shit at all and then later in life, like we're fucked up, like we're alcoholics and we've got all these crazy issues. And, you know, we're, will you come over? I need the pain to go away. Like, we just don't know how to deal with our shit. So I think that smile, you know, and try to stay positive works to an extent. But also, if we could stop playing a game of who has it worse and just help each other mourn, you know, like.
4: If if I, I could jump ahead, in David. on that one. so. I remember that it started out as a genuine conversation. And then for some reason, all of the wrong people jumped in and it became an argument. Right. But Shit. as somebody with RP, that's literally been my story. The, you start out with pretty okay. And then you slowly start to lose it. Um, I think I talked about, yeah, I'm pretty sure I talked about it at one point. I think um, you and
0: I had a discussion about it, like briefly in the beginning when I was talking about uh, my eye condition, because it's their sister's.
4: Yeah. So like you you start those days where you wake up. I always called it like the worst like phone update ever. Like instead of getting new features, just current features just keep getting taken away over and over again. So like my brother and I cuz my brother and I both have the same condition. And when we go through that, like we we legit like whenever I go through it, I he's my first call. Because I know he understands what's going on and things like be positive and things like, you know, stay strong and things like you've got this on, on any other day, I can just kind of eat that up. Whether I agree with it or not, I could just eat it up on those days. I don't want to hear none of that at all. It doesn't help. It doesn't help on the bad days. It does not not help on the absolute worst days. Like I will literally just lay in my room and just stare at like a wall, like no TV, no phone, no nothing. Because on those days, you were literally mourning what you used to be able to do, right? So like, I didn't remember at one point, uh, I couldn't play catch with like a regular ball. But we used to have this giant, me and my brother used to have this giant deflated ball, right? Something that you would buy from like five and below or family dollar or something like that. And all the air was slowly going out. And it was deflated enough that it like flew in the air slow enough for my brother and I to be able to see it. So that was our version of being able to play football out back. And I remember the day where I could no longer do it, where like he would throw it in the air and it was just gone until it like hit me in the face, right? And it was it was one of the saddest moments because that was one of our, our moments together because a lot of the stuff that everyone else used to be able to do or could do, we couldn't do. And that was still one of our things. And to lose that thing, was like extremely painful, right? And then you go through that as an adult where it's just like, okay, now this thing is taken away from you. Now that thing is taken away from you. And now you can't do this. That is a form of trauma. That is a form of trauma. And I don't think many people realize that how traumatic that can be, but that is a form of trauma that is, not, is never going to be like, cheer up or well consider all these other great things that you have going on in your life. That day I don't care.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna solve it. Right. When you're when you're in mourning, now I listen to a podcast, it's called the Morning Stream. It's one of my favorite podcasts ever. It's Scott and Brian talking every morning they do a show. But they have a therapist come on every Thursday. Her name is Wendy. And she came on early into the pandemic talking about how when we get all locked down and everything is shut down, everything was lost. What's happening to society as a whole right now is that everybody is mourning something as if it had died we had all lost something whether it was our favorite restaurants whether it was our you know our activities with our friends our families whatever that is every person is mourning something right now and that's why a lot of the people at that point were on edge and what i found interesting about that segment at the time was Was not only I didn't ever equivalent, like, equivalent. I can speak, I'm a podcaster. (laughs) I
0: swear
1: to God. But but I never, I never, I never took the term of mourning and the five stages of grief and all those things. I never equated them, equated, huh, got it, to. uh, There
2: it is. See, we find it eventually. I
1: never equated that to non like living things. Right. Like we all, we all think we throw, we have funerals, we have party, we, we, we mourn the loss of loved ones when that happens, even animals, right. pet, all that. We all, we all take that normally, but we don't ever treat the other things in our lives that we lose the same way. Right. It is as, as minimal as it can be. And so every time that something is taken away from those of us who, are disabled in any way or in declining vision issues or declining in any form of disabled disability. We're losing things constantly, right? Or even just missing out on things because we can't do them. Right. Not even so much as, and this is, why <clears the> argu- <throat> this is, this is not only the argument of, uh, people like Jay here who are, declining in vision right i'm lucky to have been stable for years no one will ever give me a straight answer that's going to stay that way because they don't know um and i'm thankful to have what i have but i when i can't do something i have to grieve and go through that process of something that i can't do because i'm mourning it i've lost it
4: think of just the quick piggyback on that because i never thought about this in that way think about how many rites of passage that normal uh that able-bodied individuals get that exactly. you don't right the driving of the car for the first time right. right being able to drive that's something everyone around 16 17 18 years old gets to do
1: or at least the media portrays it that way i'm sorry i
4: just want yeah. to yeah what kind yeah. of car you're am i right.
2: gonna have you know you're
4: right and you're going well i'm gonna have a 2010 public transportation bus like that's that's my vehicle i'm I'm sorry what a
1: 2010 you don't mean a 1976 (laughs) rta bus right
4: (laughs) well i mean look depending (laughs) on the city you might get an updated model um, you know so like you're 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 already set so like the joys and anticipations of things like driver's ed The joy and anticipation of being able to drive to prom Mm -hmm. in some fancy car like that's that's not yours. Right. When people get to go clubbing at night, like I, I to this day, first off, I've never understood the concepts of clubs because it's just entirely too loud. Like the, the first thing, like everything that I just don't like all at one time, extreme noise, extreme like random disco yep. lights and just people just yelling their behind all at once. It's just been a turn off to me in general. But the fact that like people can go out and enjoy a nightlife and for you, you're playing survivor when you go outside and you know, go out at night. Like that's that's something you don't get to do. Right. There's a lot of things that we don't get to do. And that's kind of like mourning that rite of passage is something I've never really thought about.
2: Well said.
0: Okay, I, I haven't. I think Jay can agree with me on this a little bit. As somebody who goes through, you know, bouts of, of vision loss, I think without wanting to, I I um I do it. I take it for granted. Like before my accident, it was so easy for my, for me to go a whole month and a half without realizing I could see out of that eye. Like that's how much I took the little bit of vision that I had for granted. You know, and then it's like um, now um, three years ago, I could play Grand Theft Auto 4 and not have an issue with anything, you know, like I could go through the missions and the only issue I would have is like, all right, I get into a dark space. I need to turn up the brightness on my TV and in the game. Now it's damn all these reflective, you know, st- uh, backgrounds. I can't do crap. This is nope, nope. It's not for me now. So I I feel like unintentionally, we take it for granted. I I don't know, Jay, your take?
4: I feel like as a child, yeah. You know, when before vision loss became really noticeable. Yeah. Um, Because again, in in elementary school, I grew up, I had kids that were like me. So um, in middle school and high school, well, in high school, no, I didn't. Um, but as an adult, no, especially when you start to realize you, you have, you can lose vision at any moment, right? Like I'm grateful for the vision that I have left because at least I can participate somewhat visually with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I realize that any given day I could wake up and that could be around, right? Yep. So I'm grateful for what I still have left. So I don't feel like I do currently because I realize, especially having gone through bouts of severe vision loss that any day I could lose it all. No, nah, no
0: i think it's it also goes back to i think i've made a video on this um and i think a few other people in blind talk have where it's like when you're going when you have faced the music of like all right well i guess i'm doomed to not doomed but like it's gonna happen at some point i don't know when but it's gonna happen like you know for me, with this eye surgery that I got, you know, my mom was asking me, like, has it helped a little bit? I was like, honestly, it has these moments where it has and it has I'm not going to lie. You know, she's like, oh, well, that doesn't sound good. I'm like, well, listen, the main thing is I bought myself a little bit of extra time with the vision that I have. Like, that, that means a lot to me. I'm not saying, you know, it really matters too much, you know, because at the end of the day, I have to face the music that one day I'm going to wake up. And it's just going to be either all gone or just ha- even harder than it was before. And it's pray, you know, it's uh, pray for the, uh, pray for the best, but uh, prepare for the worst.
1: On that note, I think this is a much deeper conversation than when we're running out of time. I know that a lot of us are on a sensitive time crunch uh, at the moment. So Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. Uh, I'm Dave Moore. Uh, As I've said, I'm a bald, dad bod version of Ed Sheeran. Kai is on TikTok as Kai is fly. Her TikTok is hilarious. And significantly large amounts of people should be following her, and they don't. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, (laughs) But you should go follow kai is fly you should follow blind and, and why that's Ezric. he also hey. hung out with us and discussed things how you doing you doing all right Ezric? yeah
0: got you know got to prepare for today
1: i do uh, want to thank everybody on this panel for being open and emotional and honest but, i think as much as this show is important and challenge this this episode in particular was a challenging one to get through and i think if you're out there struggling i hope i hope this helped instead of made it worse and and, and, and we are here to help we're here to to and chat with you and jay as wonderful as he is the baritone blurt on tiktok is here to uh provide some information for you as absolutely. we close out today's episode
4: absolutely so if you are an individual that is experiencing trauma of any sort, if you're an individual that's experiencing depression, anxiety, if you're going through any type of mental health crisis whatsoever and you do not know where to turn, there are several resources that I can provide for you right now that will be beneficial for you. You do not have to wait. You do not have to ponder on it. I would advise take advantage of it as soon as you can. There is the National Crisis Text Line, which will allow you to contact them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and any crisis that you are currently experiencing, you will get someone on the line who was trained and prepared to help you. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to seven four one seven four one, and an individual will get back to you immediately. I volunteered for them for a little bit. They are a good service. You can also reach out if you are experiencing what is called suicidal ideation or suicide, suicidal thoughts. You can reach out to the National Suicide Hotline at one 800 273 3855 let me just double check that number one more time again it is the national suicide hotline and that is 1-800-273-3855 seek help if you need it it is there for you please take advantage of it we experience a lot in the blind and the disabled community we don't have to experience it alone
1: and even if you're not in this community and you are perfectly able those resources are there for everyone keep that in mind we all experience trauma in all sorts of ways, visually impaired or not, disabled or not. These are challenges for everyone. Thank you so much for sorry, listening. I'm, let me
4: cor- let me correct that. It's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Again, being visually impaired, you read numbers wrong. So it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five.
1: Don't call that other number. (laughs) Thank you so much (laughs) for listening to Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. I hope you enjoyed today's program as part of Public Access America. We're live every Friday at noon on the Public Access America YouTube channel as well as Mondays as a podcast for your listening pleasure. And we'll see you guys next time.
3: over a lifetime all of us change to an extraordinary degree from a physical perspective we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin
1: why go this far
2: why try to learn
3: this much in the intervening period every single cell in our body will have been replaced often many times over. You have it, think about it, you about laugh, it. laugh, you think, and you cry. That's a full, that's a full day. day, that's a heck of a, a heck day. day. You do that seven days a week. And will have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, if you think you are wrong, you are.
2: And remember, there's no such thing as bad luck, only lost opportunities.
4: Never, never. Absolutely
1: never. never. Sell yourself. You are my, a
3: champion. We carry the same name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person?
2: Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it?
3: Why learn? Stay angry. Stay English. A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are. Now,
4: the be, process, process all this information. information. Let me introduce you to yourself.